Games rated E to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we discuss cool games coming this fall and beyond. My name is Chris Slate. Joining me today are Camille Van Dyne from Strategic Communications. Hi, Camille. Hey, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. And Kirk Scott from the Publisher and Developer Relations team. Hi, Kirk. Hello there. And also Vince Chan, uh, who's also from the Publisher and Developers Relations team. Hey, Chris. How are you? Great. How are you? Oh, I'm very excited to be here. Thanks. Yeah, and I'm excited because uh, we've got a lot to go over uh, in this episode. Um, actually, a lot has happened since the last episode of this show. Um, there was a lot of uh, new announcements, a lot of surprises. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. Um, first, we're going to talk about all of these recent announcements. Again, starting with the uh, the Indies um, video showcase that happened at the end of August. Um, now, Kirk, uh, as you were actually a part of that video presentation and I believe you described yourself as the friendly neighborhood indie guy. So let's start with you. What what were your big takeaways from that uh, from that presentation? <laughs> Thank you. So one of my big takeaways is the fact that you know the indie developer community is really really blessed us and really comes strong to the switch. We're really excited about that and really thankful. Yeah, it's it's been amazing. We talk about it you know every month here on the show just how much great content we're seeing from our indie developers. Yeah, we had great collaboration with our Nintendo of Europe partners as well. They released a video like the week before we did. And then um, during the week of PAX, we released our video and it was just a ton of great content. We had so much content that we split it up into two videos. So uh, we're really happy to just kind of bring all of that to the fans and got really good response from it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've got a few favorites here that have kind of come out recently that I think were featured in some of those presentations and just to kick things off, uh, you know, I'll start with um, uh, Undertale, which obviously is a phenomenon and uh, is a game that uh, my son actually has, has already beaten. And I've kind of watched him play a lot of it on, on other platforms. And now I'm finally able to start here on Nintendo Switch and kind of start playing through my own path through the game. I'm trying to take the pacifist route, which is a little challenging at times, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it's just a, a lot of fun uh, and a very, very funny game, very touching game so far as well. How um, is your route different from your kids? Uh, well, I think when he went through it, he was kind of just taking more of a neutral route. I mean, sometimes he would, you know, be able to get out of combat without, you know, fighting, and sometimes uh, he would. Um, I'm being I'm being meticulously careful. Like, if I even think that I may have insulted the other guy during the the combat sequence, uh, I'm backing out and restarting. A hard games. reset. Yeah, I, <laughs> I do not want to get to the end of the game and find out I took a wrong turn somewhere. That's, That's awesome. so great. Yeah. So what else jumped out? Uh, what other games jumped out to you guys? Well, I think for me, I was up at PAX and had the opportunity to play some of these games. And I'm always wowed by what the indie developers bring to the table. But one of my particular favorites was uh, King of the Hat. Mm, and I know Kirk nice. and I had some vicious matches in that game. But for those who aren't familiar, it's uh, kind of a beat em up frenetic fighting style game has a little bit of elements of Super Smash Brothers and Towerfall if people have played that before but very colorful and fun and some unique characters including a washing machine which <laughs> stomped on my head more than a few times I believe I was the washing machine in that instance <laughs> in most instances I, I believe you may have been 
That's awesome. I, I need to find out more about this game. Anything that sounds that wacky is right up my alley. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about indies, too, is um, the originality of all of the content um, and the passion that goes into each of the games is very unique. So you, you get these passion projects, and they're all wacky and fun to play. I will say mm-hmm. one not as wacky, but something that I loved uh, sinking my teeth into was uh, Into the Breach. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. Dude, that surprise reveal. Um, yes. <laughs> it made a lot of fans happy, but just um, I'm a huge strategy RPG guy, right. and I love to tinker with my, my unit stats and all that. So this was like just perfect for Nintendo Switch. Yeah, a lot of people were happy that we actually launched that on the day of the Nindy Summer release that we did. So that was great. Yeah, you've got to love those instant releases. Just when you get excited for something, no waiting. Right. <laughs> And uh, really quick for me, some other games that uh, that I've really been looking forward to uh, is, I think, Camille, you mentioned Towerfall. Now, I'm a huge, huge fan of Celeste, and these are the same guys that made um, uh, Towerfall, which actually, I think, originally came out on other platforms before Celeste, um, which is kind of, a, from what I understand, kind of a, a four-player, I think, you're in the Nintendo Switch version, even up to six players, um, kind of... Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say Smash Brothers style, but, you know, you're looking, it's side on, you're looking at it, and you're all kind of going after each other. Um, actually, I'm sure, you, um, Kirk, you can probably describe it a lot better than I just did. Yeah, and actually, um, the developer, Matt Makes Games, was nice enough to include not only six-player on Switch, but they included Madeline and Badeline from, That's right. from awesome. Celeste. So that was a really cool nod to fans of Celeste on the platform. Um, it's six players, limited ammo, and it's just crazy, and it's a lot of fun. And you know, I think it was a great thing for um, people coming to PAX to be able to play that, because it's kind of a nod to you know, fans of PAX, so it was really cool to see. Having played a ton of Towerfall, I will say also, in addition to the six players, having those widescreen levels was mm-hmm. a game changer. Yeah, really cool. Just really utilizing the, the full screen and... Um, yeah, definitely going from four-player to six-player really increases that mayhem, and it's it's just a ton of fun. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm also looking forward to a game that I've seen a lot of people talking about online, which is Untitled Goose Game. Oh, <laughs> the goose is loose. The goose is <laughs> the loose. Goose is loose. <laughs> that just looks amazing. You're basically just a jerk goose who wanders around making life difficult for people. Yes, and it's a blast, um, and there's so many different outcomes from this game. Uh, You know, one of your goals in the game, for instance, is get the gardener wet. And (laughs) in order to get him wet, you basically have to get water on him, right? But there's so many different ways to actually do that in a game that it makes it a really cool sandbox experience from the perspective of a goose. (laughs) Finally, we can get a goose's perspective. Yes. And uh, I should say that that game, I think, uh, was announced as coming out early 2019, and, and Towerfall is actually probably going to be hitting uh, right around the same time this episode comes out. So we're not going to have to wait too long for, for either of those. That's right. And then I also thought that, if I'm saying this right, Minico's Night Market, mm-hmm. another game for early 2019, is an, another one that stood out for a lot of people in that presentation. Yeah, graphically, uh, that game really delivers, and uh, it really kind of delivers on that style of game. I think people are really excited about it, and that's coming 2019, I think, as well. So that'll be great. Fun for everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, one last one for me is, is um, Hyper Light Drifter Special Edition, which just came out. And I've this is another game I've been meaning to get to, and now that it's on Nintendo Switch, I finally started playing. And it's one of those things where um, there's not a lot of um, setup. 
you know, initially, and you kind of start to get into the game, and you start to get a sense for this this world that um, uh, I don't know how to describe it any better than to say that you know, without telling you specifically a lot of the story, you start to get a, a hints of maybe what's happened in this world. And uh, even though I haven't gotten too far into it already, I can tell that there's a lot here to unravel. Yeah, they do a really good job at giving you graphical descriptions of what the character interprets as what may have happened yeah. is the best way to describe that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, they do a really good job at that. The art style is beautiful, and it's one of the games that all along through the Switch um, lifespan, everyone has been asking for it. Diehard fans have really been begging for this. And now that we have official game maker support, um, for Switch, it was one of the first titles that was identified that must have for Switch users. So we're really happy to have them on board. Yeah, it really is. You've already got kind of a, a, a best of the best collection, I think, of some of these like legendary indie titles. And just when you think, um, you know, you've got two or three new ones you want to try out, all of a sudden there's like two or three other ones coming out. So it's, it can be tough to keep up sometimes. <laughs> yes. I'm having a lot of fun, but I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a good problem to have, I suppose. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, now, before we move on from the uh, the Indies presentation, anything else um, we should cover from that? Oh, gosh. You know, just keep an eye out for the games coming. Um, you know, if, if you don't remember, we you just mentioned Hyperlight Drifter Special Edition was released. Um, Bastion just released. Undertale just released. There's a lot of games from that um, that showcase that are, are either coming soon or, you know, in 2019. So keep an eye out for those. Um, and it's just a lot of every week in the eShop. I love going in there on Thursdays on my Switch and just kind of perusing all the cool games that are that are coming out, coming soon or available now. Um, and every week, I even I'm surprised at what's in there. So um, I kind of make it a, my, I set an appointment to kind of check out the eShop every Thursday morning. It's fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I tend to uh, just pop into the eShop every couple of days when I'm sitting after I've maybe finished a play session, and I just chop, uh, pop in there and check out the you know, the recent games and just see uh, if anything popped out that I wasn't aware released. That's how I keep up with it. Yeah, and you know, like a game like Gardens Between that released last week, I was in the eShop and I was like, wow, I forgot this thing is out today. Amazing. I'm going to grab it. And it's just in a beautiful game, um, and it's based on time manipulation, and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, now moving on to the Nintendo Direct, which uh, hit on September 13th. Right out of the gate, we had Luigi's Mansion 3 announced, uh, which totally took me by surprise. I think it took a lot of people by surprise. It was fun seeing a lot of the reactions online. I think people, when they first saw Luigi, poke his head through the door, just assume this was the Luigi's Mansion um, remake for Nintendo 3DS that had been announced a while ago. And, uh, and suddenly people are like, wait a minute, you know, that, that looks a little too good, you know, or this looks a little bit different. And then finally the reveal of the logo and, you know, everybody loses their minds. So what did you guys think when you, you know, when that game was first announced? Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I know Animal Crossing is the thing most people take away from the direct and what a lot of people are really excited about. But for me, Luigi's Mansion has to be my number one. I about fell out of my chair when I saw that and personally have always identified a little bit with Luigi. I feel like a kind of awkward and tall and I'm a big scaredy cat and (laughs) to see him coming back in this awesome role and going on a new ghost hunt. Oh my gosh, I am so darn excited. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, Chris, uh, just what you said earlier about um, kind of faking uh, the viewers out totally got me thinking, you know, oh, this is going to be potentially a remake. And to to find out it was a true kind of, you know, uh, next in the series, it it was awesome. I mean, I had so much fun playing um, Dark Moon and all that. And this is uh, <laughs> trying to... Uh, I have a lot of games to play on the, the queue here, but that's definitely one I'm, I'm willing to clear it up for. You know, one thing I thought was really neat was... Um that if you go back in hindsight now and look at the uh, reveal trailer for Simon Belmont in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, mm. you know that Luigi played a big role in that in that trailer, and uh, you can see in that one that he has the new Poltergust backpack on, and he also right. is shooting plungers, which is something you can see in the trailer for Luigi's Mansion Three. So, a little bit of an early hint there if people were paying attention. Oh, totally. Killer foreshadowing. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. Then we moved on to, um, or not necessarily, I guess these weren't necessarily in the right order, but another big uh, announcement from the Nintendo Direct was New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, which is coming out January 11th. Um, this was really cool to see because, you know, Mario is probably my favorite video game series, um, and Nintendo Switch doesn't have a side-scrolling Mario game yet. So it's great to see that that's going to be um, uh, r- uh, remedied there, and uh you know, I really like this version in particular of all the new Super Mario Brothers games. I thought New Super Mario Brothers U is my favorite. I just really love the levels. And also when you add in all of that content from um, New Super Luigi U, I think it was called, um, like I say, you get 164 total courses, plus all of the new stuff like, you know, Nabbit and um, Toadette are now playable characters, especially characters that can help maybe younger players or less experienced players. Um, Nabbit in, in particular, I think, can't even really be hurt. Um, and then uh, I've seen a lot of discussion about the Super Crown that will turn Toadette into uh, Peachette, which is a brand new addition to the <laughs> to the series. So a lot there to uh, to really dig into. I think we got a new Halloween costume idea there in Peachette this year. <laughs> yeah. I'll be excited to see how many of those are walking around. Yeah. Hopefully Peachette makes it into some of the other Mario uh, spinoff titles, you know, sports titles, things like that in the future. Yeah, it's funny how, you know, even as a Nintendo employee, with the directs, I'm always excited and I'm always surprised. And it's just really cool to see the smiles around the office of people that are really excited about what's coming. It's kind of neat. Like when you just mentioned Peachette, I think everyone on your side smiled and I definitely know that we we smiled. So it's really cool to see. Yeah. Even when you're getting something like a game that was on a previous platform, you're still going to get something unexpected. Yes. Just to see all of like the conspiracy articles and stuff, Purely around Peachette is pretty funny, I will say. It's <laughs> I awesome. People are so obsessed. How does Peachette work in the lore of the Mario universe? Which, honestly, I'm not quite sure lore has ever been something associated with the Mario <laughs> games. But, uh, but yeah, it's fun to, fun to talk about. Now, another game that really surprised me in this Nintendo Direct was Town. That's um, the working title for the new RPG coming from Game Freak, oh, yeah. who, of course, famously makes the Pokemon title. So. Right. You know, wow, out of nowhere, I thought it had really cool graphics, really interesting um, kind of setup where it all takes place in this one town. And, uh, you know, that was just the, you know, the definition of a tease. I really can't wait to find a lot more about this game. Yeah, that one caught me by surprise for sure. And I know, as you said, Chris, we uh, most of us associate Game Freak with Pokemon. But if you think about some of the other great surprising titles they've had on recent platforms, Pocket Card Jockey was one mm-hmm. of my favorites on the 3DS. Yes. I'm really looking forward to seeing what town brings to the table. Mm-hmm. All the way back to Drill Dozer on Game Boy Advance. Was Drill Dozer. Classic. Oh, my one. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So when they kind of step out of there, I mean, obviously, everyone's excited for new Pokemon titles. But when they do try something a little bit different, 
it always ends up being something great. A lot of character. Their games always have a lot of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the uh, the cell shaded art that they kind of put forth, and I was really excited just to see the gameplay. You know, I know it's a very early look, but just to get a kind of a glimpse into what they're planning was really cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then we had Yoshi's Crafted World. We finally got the full name uh, announced for that title. Um, saw a bit more of the flip mechanics, how you could even play stages backwards. Ugh. And this is when I got to play for just a little bit, and um, I really enjoyed the puzzles. And I thought the game, you know, I was a big fan of Yoshi's Woolly World, and I thought that that was just oozing with charm. And um, one of the things that was interesting, having played all of the Yoshi platformers, is, um, you know, there's always the mechanic where you can kind of aim the egg and kind of throw the egg. But this time, because of the nature of the game, and you can see it in the trailers, you actually have kind of a free aim of the egg, you know, not just, you know, up or down, left or right, into the screen, out of the screen. So you can kind of throw it in, in any direction. And the way that they incorporate that into all of the different puzzles and, and ways to open up different paths in the world is really ingenious. So I'm really looking forward to a lot more of that game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Yoshi's my guy. Well, dude, I'm no level designer, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure when you're flipping levels, oh, it, it's it not as easy as just things. flipping levels, yes. right? It, there's a lot of thought that goes into yeah. that. It's it's going to be incredible. I, I I love Yoshi, so that's all I need to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely a big one to look forward to. And then Camille, like you said the, uh, earlier, Animal Crossing was for most people the big news, and it didn't come until the very end. You got that oh little bit of the swerve when Isabel first appears, and you're thinking, "Is this a new Animal Crossing? Is this Isabel in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? What is it?" <laughs> and then, just when you think you're only going to get one of those things, you, you end up getting both—the best of both worlds. Yeah, the team who created that reveal, the reverse troll, is what I call it at the end. <laughs> I. I have to say, what an exciting, cool moment. Uh, Isabelle in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is something I'm definitely looking forward to experiencing. She's just this, this angelic, together little lady, and to see her holding no punches, uh, I think was a really, you know, one of the great things about Super Smash Brothers is you get these matchups that you could never imagine. So I'm looking forward to Isabelle versus Ridley. Uh, Isabel, yeah. oh <laughs> Isabel yes. versus Bowser, you know, some of these ridiculous matchups you can only get in Smash Bros. Yeah, and it's not just about her moveset, right? It's about kind of the personality she brings. She's a very unique character in that way that she's just like bursting with positivity at the same time bashing other guys' you know, heads in. <laughs> oh, so Vince, you know, thinking about what else was in this Nintendo Direct, I understand you're a Final Fantasy guy. So you must have been over the moon about some of these announcements. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> definitely uh, Final Fantasy, honestly, has been one of the, the franchises I grew up with. So to see so many, you know, come to a Nintendo platform, you know, for the first time, you know, um, for a lot of these games, it was really, really cool to to work on these. And, you know, I'm actually um, playing one that just recently launched here, uh, Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition HD. Um, and it's really um, it's a cool kind of nostalgia trip into some of these legacy games. And it's it's fantastic to be able to just have it all on my Nintendo Switch and boot it up whenever I want. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people like me who've been playing Nintendo games for a long time, I think Final Fantasy VII especially, coming to a Nintendo platform after all this time, because that was the, the path where up until that point all of the Final Fantasy games had, had been on Nintendo platforms. So to finally be able to, to, to go back to that point and bring those games back, you're looking at 7, 9, 10, 10, 2, 12, and bring them back to Nintendo platforms is kind of like, 
you know, we, we get to go back to this better alternate history where, <laughs> where they always were Nintendo's, Nintendo games. Right. Totally. Super exciting. Yeah, and you know, I'm ecstatic that they, you know, Square Enix, they're able to bring even things like Crystal Chronicles, kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fan favorites from, I believe, the GameCube era that, yeah. you know, now that we have the power of technology and online multiplayer, you know, making those barriers even easier uh, for people yeah, to play. Yeah, because back in the day you needed like, you know, a, 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 like several Game Boy Advances connected with several different cables to your Game Boy to have multiplayer. Now you just pop online. Yeah, I remember having to buy, or not having to, but I bought a couple link cables so my friends and I could all play together. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be cool not to have to, to bring all those again. All right, Vince, I'm going to put you on the spot, though. Oh, Out yeah. of all those Final Fantasy games that were announced, what's the one you're personally looking forward to the most? Oh, man. All right. You can only here. pick one. And we're just going to assume you hate all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's a cliche, uh, cliche thing to say, you know, um, you can't really pick your favorite amongst your children. Not that I'm saying that Final Fantasy uh, are my children, but I, I'm going to lean towards children, <laughs> would you say? my Advent children. Nice. <laughs> You know, I am going to say I am most looking forward to the 10 and 10-2 compilation. Mm-hmm. I see what you've done. You've gone for the two for one. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I, 10 is one of my personal favorites in the series. And, you know, granted, I didn't play all of 10-2 to the very end. So I'm, I'm excited to get back in and just replay it all. You know, I had a bad habit back in those days of playing these games like three quarters of the way through and then moving on to other games before I finish. So I feel like th- that's going to be my theme with all of these is finally finishing them off. Yeah, and the cool it's really cool for like people who have never experienced the Final Fantasy, you know, franchise. I mean, to, to be relaunching on Nintendo Switch is something that is great for people who have a Switch. So um, they can figure out what all the hype is about. Mm-hmm. Even something like Final Fantasy VII, which, I mean, obviously a lot of people know about that game, and it was a big game back in the day. There's still whole new generations of gamers that have basically been born or started gaming since that game came out. So it's a great way to keep those those titles alive. And, and um, you know, like you said, there's a whole lot more players that can enjoy them now. That's right. Now, before we move on from that uh, Nintendo Direct, is there anything else uh, that popped out to you guys? I mean, we had... And Asmodee had a lot of cool-looking new games coming up. Uh, there was Civilization VI, Diablo three. You know, what's some stuff that really popped off to you guys? Uh, well, you know, I know we talked about Yoshi, but Yoshi's my guy. <laughs> so after when Yoshi came on, I kind of just blacked out and, and lost track of everything. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm excited about that and um, probably Diablo three. Diablo three is another one that I will be playing a lot of. Yeah, I was going to say Diablo is definitely high on my list. And, you know, Chris, when you mentioned Asmodee, that was one that uh, surprisingly I was um, kind of more excited to, to get into. Just the idea of, like, digital board games on Nintendo Switch. Yep. Mm-hmm. It just kind of makes perfect sense the more that I think about it. And, you know, just um, thinking about buying all the, the physical pieces and stuff, it's kind of nice that it'll all be digitally there um, on one system. Mm-hmm. And board games in general have had this big resurgence in recent years. Uh, a lot of people having you know game nights and things now, so being able to just pull out the Nintendo Switch and have all those pieces basically together in one spot um, seems like that could work really well. Totally. Yep. I have to say for me too, I think the Asmodee was the biggest surprise moment for me. And actually, 
elicited one of my loudest squeals when I saw Munchkin come up on the screen. Oh, <laughs> that is one of my absolute favorite games. And I uh, I like to go camping in the summer and always bring board games along. And now being able to have all of these board games in my Nintendo Switch and take mm-hmm. that one thing with me versus you know my pile of games that I have thrown in my car. I just love that idea. So I'm excited to be able to take board games more portably. Absolutely. Like like the tagline says, you know, you can play, you know, play games anywhere anytime. That's exactly right. All right, well, moving on to our um, normal uh, pros pick segment, um, let's talk briefly about games that we've actually been personally enjoying uh, over the last month or so. Um, Camille, want to start us off? Sure, happy to. Well, one game that actually I surprised myself a little bit by picking up and really getting into was The Messenger. Mm-hmm. I uh, am admittedly terrible at most Metroidvania-style games, but something about the art style and the story and the lore behind this game really captured my attention. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll give it a try. Can't be that bad. And uh, there are certainly some challenging platforming moments and, and battles, but my gosh, am I just loving this this little ninja adventure and i think my favorite part is actually some of the writing in the game oh it's hilarious it, <laughs> I, I get frustrated when i die but then i immediately laugh when my little buddy comes up and you know is giving me a hard time heckling me for dying again he's like well that works out for me too because now you get to pay me more money yeah. for bringing you back and there's some little quirky <laughs> dialogue like that that i've really enjoyed and uh I think it does a good job of incorporating some of your new movesets and the leveling up to introduce that complexity in a way that's manageable for somebody who maybe, like me, isn't normally as confident in their ability to play that style of game. I thought it, it felt very accessible to me, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, the first thing that attracted me to that game was the old school retro graphics and then also the kind of Ninja Gaiden vibe I was getting off of it. Cause Back when I was a kid, I, I bought the original Ninja Gaiden for NES with like a bag of change I'd saved from my lunch money. <laughs> so I was like on board. But then the more I played it, I realized that it really goes beyond what I'd even expected. I mean, I think uh, people who are following that game are aware that, you know, it starts out with the kind of the 8-bit NES style graphics. But then once you reach a certain point of the game, it goes from a standard side-scrolling action game into like more of a Metroid style game with a, a big, uh, you know, uh, map that you tri- uh, that you can get a backtrack through and go unlock di- other areas find new items and uh, and then you can start time traveling to the future which they represent by the 8-bit graphics then become 16-bit super nes style graphics so it's just a great hook and like you said it's a hilarious game and i love all of the traversal mechanics you have uh, the cloud jump where you if you slash an enemy or an object in the air it gives you a second jump before you land mm-hmm. the, the rope dart where you can it's like a grappling hook even the shop guy says i'm going to give you this it's called a rope dart but you're just going to call it a grappling hook aren't you <laughs> and then the uh, the wingsuit where you can kind of glide so um yeah it took me i actually um did beat the game and was so hooked by it that i went back and found all of the collectible stuff and it took me about 15 hours and some of it gets really hard but it was well worth it in my opinion all right kirk well what have you been playing lately oh gosh a little bit of everything as you know but um especially on on the indie front um you know i have to kind of get the games early and play on the dev kit and one game that has really stuck with me for probably over a year now maybe a little bit under a year is uh dead cells 
Um, ah, I started yeah. playing this game on my dev kit before, you know, release just to kind of check out builds and see how everything was going. And then after the game shipped, I couldn't put it down. So I had got the game at retail, right? Just like everyone else. And um, I've got my three runes already, but I played the entire game over again. I just made it to the last level the other night and I died, but um, I kind of made it there by accident. It didn't feel like I earned it. So um, it's just one of the games that I pick up almost every day and, and really kind of get through it and get the weapons. It's just one of those games that's just built to be, just play over and over and over. Yeah, it's a great game for Nintendo Switch in handheld mode because it really is that, you know, if you've got a few minutes, you can pick it up, make a quick run, you know, um, grab as many um, cells as you can, hopefully upgrade a couple of things or, or unlock a couple of things. Uh, and then, you know, your play session can end right there or you can just keep looping it over and over again. Right. Um, trying to get ultimately, I guess, strong enough to, to give yourself a good shot against the last boss. I'm not, I, I've played it a few hours. I feel like I'm still not that far into it. I haven't unlocked that much stuff, but it continues to be a game that I keep going back to. Yeah, it's it's really got me. I mean, I usually don't play a game for longer than like five or six months, but that one's got me. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. I remember trying to steal your your work Nintendo Switch a couple times <laughs> to try and play it before release yeah. um, until I finally got my own retail copy. That's right. <laughs> well, Vince, other than playing that copy of Dead Cells, what else have you been playing this month? Oh man, you know, um, First that comes top of mind is probably the the Mega Man 11 demo, which I've been just playing over and over and over to really <laughs> master it in time for the the main game. And I'll, I'll tell you, even though the the double double gear system is really helpful, you know, um, for folks that don't know, it's kind of a new system they introduced with Mega Man 11 that you know can help sort of slow down the the pace of time. Um, there are some areas in just the demo that, you know, you essentially need it to get through. So, you know, it just gave me a pretty good taste of what to expect in the, the final release. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, um, as a, a legacy Mega Man fan, I mean, it's, it's going to be very challenging, I can, I can tell. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I've played through that demo at least half a dozen times. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yep. And it's, it, it starts out, you know, I, I was determined to only play it on normal mode, which is the hardest difficulty I think they have in the demo. Um, but uh, it, it starts off, you know, when you first encounter enemies or you first encounter some of those falling blocks and you don't quite know the patterns yet, it can be really tricky. Yep. But the more you kind of play it and learn it, um, now I'm at the point where I can sit through the whole thing on one or two lives. And uh, and uh, so I feel like it's the difficulty curve is just right for me. I expect a challenge with Mega Man, but of course I never wanted to be too frustrating. So it's striking a really good balance for me so far. Yeah, you know, I died a lot at that mid-boss with like the carousel kind of uh, rotation. Yeah. But definitely, to your point, Chris, you know, getting kind of used to that cadence and that new mechanic, it started to feel really good. Um, yeah, absolutely, and it really it helps too to turn on in the options screen before you start playing the rapid fire. Oh um, you yeah, can, you can set that to a different button that's uh, usually unused, and you just shoot off a really quick burst of uh, your shots and. Uh, that especially with that mid boss helps a lot. So I was kind of relying on that for my initial playthroughs a lot. And then I started challenging myself to play through it without that turned on. But if that's an option in the, in the full game, I think I'm definitely going to use it for sure. Yeah. Great. Well, for me, um, you know, uh, mostly like Camille, I was, I've been playing the messenger. I've also started, uh, building my, uh, uh pieces for my Nintendo Labo vehicle kit, which, um, looks like it's going to be really great, but I'll have to give an update on that next month since I'm just getting started. 
let's move on to the Warp Zone quiz. Um, now, for people that don't know, though, we have this quiz every month. We basically, I'm going to provide some hints, and you're going to guess, use the hints to guess games that came out 10, 20, and 30 years ago. Um, can be pretty tricky, can be pretty challenging, but I, I think it's uh, it's fun in the end. So, you guys ready? Got to sit up in my chair for this one. Uh, yep. She's sitting up straight. Do my best. <laughs> yep. You guys sitting up straight over there? Absolutely. Is there All like right. a buzzer or something that we... Yeah. We no buzzer. Just speak out. If you think you know the answer, just uh, holler it out. But um, wait till I deliver all the uh, quite, uh, hints, please. All right. So game number one came out 10 years ago, September 2008. Here are the clues. This Wii game was published by Nintendo and developed by Goodfeel, who went on to make Yoshi's Woolly World. And it brought a long-running platform action series to a home console for the first time. It had colorful 2D graphics and encouraged players to use motion controls to shake it. Any guesses? Shake it. Close? I'm going to add Wario Land. Shake it. Nice. So is that a uh, a PDR (laughs) team answer? Wario Land Shake It is the correct response. They're double teaming teaming up on you. That's, uh, I feel at a disadvantage here. (laughs) We're high-fiving. That was a a busy month, actually, by the way, 10 years ago in September. We also had Kirby Superstar Ultra, Mega Man 9, and DeBlob for Wii, among plenty of other games. DeBlob. DeBlob, yes. Classic. Which I think came out again recently for Nintendo Switch. Yep. All right, 20 years ago, September 1998 now. Here are the clues. Nintendo published this RPG for Game Boy in which a kid travels far and wide to build a collection while finding time to go to the gym. Any guesses? It's got to be Pokemon, oh, Red Blue. That's right. Wow. And this blew my mind when I realized it. 20 years ago in the U.S., Pokemon Red version and Pokemon Blue version. Yeah, for a second I was like, is that right? Oh, yep, I am that old. <laughs> I was going to say, I remember exactly where I was when my one of my best friends showed me Pokemon Red on the playground in elementary school. Wow. I don't think I was born yet, but yeah, oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> so the question is, were you guys red or blue? I had both red and blue. Team blue here. I was Team red. Blue. Oh, go Blastoise. I guess I would pick yellow, but that came a little later. A little later. All right, 30 years ago, September 1988, the old, old days now. Here are the clues, and this is a tricky one. Vic Tokai published a side-scrolling action game for the NES based on a popular manga about an assassin named Duke Togo that had first-person maze sections, a story with international intrigue, and the subtitle of Top Secret Episode. Any guesses? Hmm. Ooh. This is a deep cut. No shame if you don't know this one. I'm at a loss. All right, I'm just going to spill the beans here. It is Golgo 13 Top Secret Episode. Oof. Must have missed that when I was one year old. <laughs> I, was born, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Helps Somehow. to be old like me in the Warp Zone quiz. <laughs> well, yes. it's not on my uh, bedtime and playtime list. Yeah, no, strangely, this uh, I don't remember this game getting a lot of publicity when it came out, but it ended up being a, um, a regular favorite in Nintendo Power Magazine on the player's uh, um, like top picks list. And uh, that's how I first noticed it as a, as a kid who, you know, maybe teenager. <laughs> Unfortunately, I like to say I was a kid when I read first Nintendo Power, but uh, no, I was probably a little older than that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it. That's pretty good. I think a two out of three is not bad at all, especially when the, the first one, like I said, was more of a deep cut. So moving on to Player's Pulse. 
Um, we went on to Twitter and asked uh, you guys to let us know which games you've been enjoying uh, in the new NES Nintendo Switch Online collection. Um, that's something I've been spending a lot of time with lately because you know, obviously I talk about old NES games all the time. That's really my thing. And I was really pleasantly surprised to find out that not only did it have you know all these 20 great games um, you know, right at the launch of Nintendo Switch Online with more on the way. But just the interface itself of selecting the games was very snappy, very fast. I really liked how you could rearrange, um, you know, all of the, the order of the games and even pin some up to the top to be shown extra big if they're your favorites. Um, you can even, like, press the X button on any of these games and get a, an information screen that pops up and kind of tells you about the games. And I noticed a little detail where it even shows you how long you've been playing that particular game. Um, and then, you know, you can play these games online with friends. You can even have a little, you know, if, if I'm watching you play Super Mario Brothers, Camilla, I can have a little hand that points, you know, like, hey, go here and then make my little hands clap or whatever when you find the secret. Um, so I just thought there was, I've been having a blast with that. And uh, I've seen a lot of other um, people online that have been having fun with those games as well. So that's why I wanted to um, uh, go out and, you know, ask everyone, ask listeners, uh, what they've been enjoying. And the first response comes from Chicken Nugget, who says, <laughs> I've never played ice hockey, and boy, was it fun. And I couldn't agree more. That's a game I actually played back in the day, a uh, great arcade uh, sports game where you choose kind of the size of your players. You know, do you want them to be small and fast or big and, like, uh, able to check you against the boards? Um, so I-, I thought that's a great pick also because um, it's a great one for multiplayer, uh, which is kind of what NES Nintendo Switch Online is all about. Did you, any of you guys remember that game, or is this, am I the only one here old enough to have played it? Oh, yeah. I've, I, yes, I love that game. Um, and I'm still looking for that type of perfect hockey game for the Switch. So all indies who are listening, please, we need an <laughs> awesome arcade hockey game. Yeah, I love my sports sims, but I think something we don't have as much of these days is the old very video gamey sports video games right where you didn't necessarily have to know all of the real rules for a sport you could kind of just enjoy it in more of a arcade way i think great well um the next response came from louis uh 1247 who says playing super mario brothers 3 is super fun i spent at least half an hour looking for secrets the game brings me back to when i got an nes which wasn't until 2006 not back when it came out in 85 i still play on the nes to this day and now on nintendo switch online Obviously, Super Mario Brothers 3, I think, is arguably the star of the initial lineup. Um, that game is one of the best platformers ever made. It's definitely the first game I gravitated towards and played when the, when the service launched. And mm-hmm. just, just the music right from the start brings me right back to my childhood. And I, I just love that. It's so special. I'm glad other people are getting to experience that as well. Yeah, especially if maybe you came on board with Nintendo Switch and, you know, you really enjoyed Super Mario Odyssey. And you get to go back and and make sure you don't miss some of the other great games in the Super Mario series. And, you know, the only drawback I would say that game had back in the day is there was no save function. So if you can imagine a a Super Mario Brothers game where it's very long, very expansive, tons of levels. You go from world to world. and But, you know, if you hit that power button, you had to start back from, from the beginning again. But now on, on Nintendo Switch, you, you have suspend points, so you can save anywhere, anytime. So it just makes the game even better than it ever was. Probably makes parenting a lot easier, too, I would imagine, <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah, imagine if you're trying to get your kid to come to dinner, and you're like, just save it. And he's like, it's Super Mario Brothers 3. I'm going to be here for another seven days at least. <laughs> right. But Mom, I strategically, I meant to left to leave the console on overnight. Do not touch the power button, please. Yeah. Or just fearing power outages. Oh, gosh. 
Um, all right, so Cop Dog said, I can't stop playing Dr. Mario, which is another great, I think, two-player game in the collection so far. And has one of the catchiest theme songs, the one called Fever. So I'm not going to embarrass myself singing it here, but I think everyone knows what I'm talking <laughs> about. Uh, I love that yeah. song. I love that game. Um, Steven who I appreciate for having a, a much more normal name than Cop Dog or Chicken Nugget, says his pick is Yoshi. He says, I haven't been, uh, or sorry, I haven't played this puzzle game since I was little when I had it for Game Boy, and it feels good being able to play it again for the first time in years. And I think this game is probably a, a hidden gem for a lot of people. I don't know that as many people are aware of this game as some of the others, but actually it was Yoshi's first headlining game, you know, before Yoshi's Island, I think several years before Yoshi's Island. So another great puzzle game. No arguments from me, because, you know, I'm a Yoshi guy. That's right. We, if we find out nothing else about you, uh, this podcast is that you are definitely a Yoshi guy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> from day one, though, Kirk, you were yeah. playing the, the puzzle. Yep. Yoshi. Oh, wow. Love it. Yeah. And then we've got uh, from Two Nick. He says uh, this is his first time playing any NES game. River City Ransom is adorable, and ice hockey is really fun. That's great. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that just underscores what we were saying earlier. It's great that people get a chance to go back and try these games. And River City Ransom is another great two-player co-op title. Got to love it when you, you know, punch a bully in that game in the gut and he just says, barf. (laughs) (laughs) And whoever curated the list of launch titles for this is a genius because there's a nice sampling of everything for everyone. So Yeah, it is a nice mix of single-player and multiplayer and also, you know, the big-name games and also some hidden gems that maybe you missed. The last uh, one here comes from Elias Roa. Actually, Elias Roa and, uh, and um, Snaz, I'm going to guess is the way you pronounce that. Um, Elias says, Mario Brothers reminded me of the time I played it in an arcade with my friend, and I was getting a better score than him while we worked together to defeat those Koopas and Crabs, getting coins and beating levels. And then Snaz adds, playing the original Mario Brothers has been a blast. I never got very far as a kid, but now I'm already about 60 levels in. Uh, haven't gone for a maximum score run yet, but I'm super excited to beat the game for the first time in my life. Now, I wasn't aware of this before until um, Snaz mentioned it, but yeah, the original Mario Brothers apparently has 99 levels. I didn't know it had an ending. I mean, technically, you get to level 99, I think it loops back to, to what's called phase zero, level zero. But um, I'm, now, all of a sudden, I think maybe I've got something to shoot for here, especially with suspend points helping me out, maybe. Got to reach for the stars. <laughs> Never give up, right? <laughs> all right, so... Um, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to play like, you know, certainly all 20 of the launch games so far, but uh, what are the, what's, what's the one game you've had to pick one that pops off to you the most that I don't know if you've spent the most time playing it already or, or just the game that you can't wait to, to get to. Uh, for me, I th- it's probably going to be Legend of Zelda. Uh, a classic. Um, yes, a total classic. And I kind of want to jump back in and, and, start from the beginning where it all started and kind of just see all of the stories and because you know because I've just I've played the one on switch the one that launched with switch and I want to you know kind of go back do a rewind so um, looking forward to doing that it is interesting playing that after the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild because in a, in a lot of ways uh, Breath of the Wild went back to some of the the elements of that original formula so it's kind of fun seeing it now that's right yeah my friends and I have been on a, <clears throat> a little bit of a beaten up our beat-em-up take so uh in addition to like the capcom beat-em-up mm. bundle uh we've been pretty into double dragon oh yeah <laughs> oh, awesome um yeah just uh that and uh, river city ram ransom as you mentioned are kind of a uh, top on my yeah, list the two classic beat-em-ups for sure well i know i said super mario brothers 3 that's 
certainly one of my all-time favorites but uh, I actually have I think I'm gonna say Yoshi that was a game mm. that I think just given the time the NES came out I was so young uh, and Super Nintendo was actually my first console so I want to go back and see Yoshi's origin story and get to experience that for the first time yeah we'll see his roots for me um you know, there's so many great games, but I would I would say since we haven't mentioned it yet, I'm going to pick Pro Wrestling. That's a game that wasn't <laughs> available on any previous virtual console service or or any platform really since the its original release on the NES. And uh, I just remember when that game first came out, I was a big wrestling fan back then. And this game had like you know you could jump off the top rope, you could use special moves, you could even throw someone outside of the ring and then run from the inside and jump over the ropes and land on them on the outside. Just all this crazy stuff you could do that I'd never seen in a video game before. And actually, um, my best friend at the time somehow talked me into letting him borrow it the day that I got it. So, uh, And I just spent the whole night like freaking out, like, what if something happened to this, this game before I get a chance to, to really dig into it? So um, I was really happy to be able to, to play that game again and, and, um, and just see, see it come back. You know, It's nice to see that these games aren't, haven't kind of been forgotten and that uh, new people get to experience in those well. Now we're going to um, jump to our last segment, which is our fall game guide. Now there's a lot to go over here. Um, there's a lot of games coming out um, as we head into the holidays, and you know, wanted to look at some of the key titles and make sure that none of these slip between the cracks. I think everybody's aware of certain games. We're going to make sure you're aware of all of the uh, the big titles. And I'm just going to go through this list and kind of, you know, the order that they're, they're currently scheduled for release, um, starting with um, Fortnite Season 6 on uh, the 27th, which should be hitting just about the same time as this episode. Um, I still need to get good at Fortnite, but, hey, we're, what better jumping on point than uh, a brand new season? together, Chris. <laughs> You're gonna carry me? You're gonna My, keep me from getting killed? Oh, I don't know if you want me to be the one carrying <laughs> you. <laughs> well, Kirk and I can definitely help out. Maybe uh, we can squat up together and jump in. Oh, great. As long as you guys don't mind me dragging down your uh, your win percentage a little bit. Uh, it's all good. Yeah. So I, I don't think we really know much at this point. It's it's funny because we're recording this obviously before this new season comes out. I don't think we've said too much about what's actually going to be included. So we'll just look forward to that and. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, just picture us at the moment that this podcast hits all teaming up and doing great. And it turns out, ironically, that I was the, the best in our squad. And you can just believe that, that story. <laughs> well, when I think Victory Royale, I think Chris Slate. Yeah, well, synonymous. <laughs> all right, next up is we touched on this already, but um, also on the same day, the 27th, Towerfall. Again, from the developers of Celeste, we'll include Madeline and Madeline from that game. And I just can't wait to... Uh, to, uh, to play this one. I mean, I, anything this guy makes from now on, uh, or this team, I'm on board for after Celeste. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. People are really looking forward to it. And having those two characters, Madeline and Madeline, in there, you know, it just makes it's a special nod to people who, you know, know about Celeste on Switch. Mm-hmm. Then on uh, a day later, on the 28th, I believe we have FIFA 19. Um, it's great to get the new version uh, here. And um, as I understand it, Vince, there's a new mode. Can you tell us anything about that? I think it's FIFA Ultimate Team. Yeah, you know, um, FIFA Ultimate Team, I believe, was in the uh, the past versions, but I know it's more of the uh, it's the most popular ah, okay. mode for FIFA, for sure. Yeah, and it's kind of like the uh, the fantasy sort of version where you're you're sort of picking and creating your ultimate team essentially. And I know that's that's where I'll be spending my time in FIFA. 
is really just kind of exactly perfecting that that team, that lineup, and being honestly the the best team in the league. Yeah, the big addition that I'm most, or one of the bigger ones I'm excited about is the uh, the addition of online friendlies. Ah. So now you can actually um, kind of match make with your Nintendo Switch friends versus having to, um, I think last year there was a little bit more you had to do, but now you just jump in and you can play uh, instantly with your uh, Nintendo That's friends. That's great. Right, looking forward to that. Also on the same day, the 28th, we've got Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Now this is a game that already has become a tournament favorite on other platforms. I believe it was, uh, it was big at Evo this year. And um, has very, you know, as you would expect from Dragon Ball, a very kind of, um, you know, explosive kind of anime uh, um, presentation. So um, looking forward to, to getting my, you know, hands in that one a little bit, seeing if I can hang with uh, some of the people who have, you know, I- I've said this on the show before, but I'm not the world's best fighting game player. <laughs> but I do enjoy playing them, so I'm hoping I can, you know, get good. Yeah, I think this one um, was the biggest fighting game at Evo this year. So definitely some eyeballs wow. on it. And it's not that old of a game. That really just kind of just stormed out of a gate. Yeah, I mean, I'm a personally a big Dragon Ball fan, and um, the developers did such a good job really keeping it um, tied to kind of that franchise and all the moves are, you know, really true to the anime. So it, it's, it's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Yeah, and, and I'm not a huge fighting game player, but it's one of the games that I just sit there and love to watch. It's you, just like watching a cartoon. It's so awesome. Yeah. I remember, you know, in the old days, you'd look at a game and you'd look at the graphics and and you'd say, oh, this almost looks like a cartoon. It's like, no, that in hindsight, that looked like a video game. These games look like cartoons. Yeah. All right, moving on to October on uh, the second uh, Mega Man 11. Vince, like we were talking about before, I can't wait for this game. Um, I actually pre-ordered the uh, Amiibo edition um, because it combines two nice. of my favorite things, Mega Man and Amiibo. Apparently, scanning the Amiibo can get you some helpful items like E-Tanks and things like that. So, not that I'll admit it maybe the, the day after, but I might if I get in a tight spot against one of these robot bosses, I might scan an Amiibo, see what happens. Oh, there's no shame in asking for help. <laughs> That's right. All right, then on October 5th, we've got Super Mario Party. Yes. That is going to be a big one. I know a lot of people have been looking forward to the return of Super Mario Party on Nintendo Switch. And uh, it's looking like it's going to be a big one with 80 brand new mini games. Um, you can play a lot of these mini games online. Um, uh, Toad's Rec Room, which people saw in the original reveal trailer, uh, which has uh, like mini baseball game, uh, battle with tanks, goofy little banana game. I'm not quite sure how it works yet. But just this idea that you can put these uh, multiple Nintendo Switch systems down. You can put two systems down on a table and kind of the, the screen will carry over from one Switch to the next. So you can fight across two different uh, spaces there, which just sounds like some crazy, you know, magical thing. But when you see it in action, you're like, yeah, it works. It's pretty wild to see, uh, like, in the ad that they released for this. Um, I can't wait to see it in action, the the screens joining. Um, It's like Switch magic. It's weird. I never thought I would enjoy matching pictures of bananas or that it could feel so satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be another, like we were talking about with the resurgence of, of board games. I think, uh, you know, Super Mario Party has always been a pretty popular series, but I think maybe now more than ever, people are going to be up for that kind of experience, that kind of, you know, let's all get together and play this. Then on uh, uh, October 9th, a very different kind of experience, uh, Mark of the Ninja Remastered, which, you know, we talked to uh, um, someone from the team behind this game in an earlier episode of the podcast, and I've been looking forward to that game ever since, just asking Vince every week, you know, when's this game going to come out? And it's finally coming, and it's coming in, in, in just a few short days. 
And uh, I love this idea. You know, I've played a lot of stealth games in the past. Um, usually um, they're more uh, 3D style stealth games. I love the idea of a side-scrolling stealth game. You can get through the whole thing if you want without having to actually fight anyone, or you can, you know, seek out uh, those types of encounters. Um, and this is one, another one of those games, like you guys were talking about earlier, that is a very kind of popular title. is more of a legendary indie title, and now we get to see it uh, um, on Nintendo Switch, which is great. Yeah, we're really happy that Clay decided to bring the game over. Um, we've been working very closely with them um, on the launch, and it looks and plays great. You, the fans are going to love it, and you're going to love it. Well, I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, just fully remaster visuals, the the audio. Honestly, I know um, Corey during the that podcast, Chris, he mentioned to you a little bit about that, but just uh, playing a uh, an earlier version of the game on my my work switch. Yeah, it's it is just um, so meticulously well created, and just going from like location to location and hearing the subtle nods and kind of like the the guards footsteps and how different that is in like another room it's just really well done Mm. all right well those few short days just got a little bit longer uh it's gonna be hard to wait (laughs) uh on october 12th we've got the world ends with you final remix um this is going to include a new story segment called the new day with a remixed map of uh, shibuya which is the shibuya is a real um uh part of tokyo um, I don't think it probably has monsters in quite a, the same scenarios that appear in this game, but uh, I always found that very interesting because I've actually been there and you can kind of see some recognizable spots in the game. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, being hyper aware of this game and how popular it is, I never played the original Nintendo DS version uh, more than a few minutes. Um, but I always thought it looked really interesting. So this is another, you know, op- situation where Nintendo Switch has given me the opportunity to go back and correct a past wrong by finally playing this game. Well, and something about this game, you know, you mentioned the stunning visuals, but the soundtrack is something that Mm. always stuck with me back when I played the original game, and uh, I love seeing it now on Nintendo Switch. And to your point about Shibuya and monsters, there are several games now that have depicted that, so I start to wonder, maybe there's something to (laughs) that. Next time time we're in Japan, we should have a closer look around and see... What's actually going on? Right, Seems to be a common theme. Something dark and sinister going on over there. I think <laughs> Nintendo should fly us to Shibuya so we can get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Yeah. Free trip. I think Reggie'd sign off on that. Yeah, I think it's all good. <laughs> Done. Uh, on October 12th, Luigi's Mansion for Nintendo 3DS. And I got to say that as much as I was excited to play through this game again, that just went through the roof with the announcement of Luigi's Mansion 3 for Nintendo Switch. Um, you know, when the first one launched alongside Nintendo GameCube, I remember back in the day, some people were like, well, where is, you know, the more traditional Super Mario Brothers game, you know, that, that we've seen past systems launch with? In fact, I think that might have been the first system in, in the U.S. that didn't launch with, an Inten- with a Super Mario game, rather. But, um, but it was great. You know, it was, I think if anyone overlooked it for that reason, then, you know, do yourself a favor and check this game out now because it is just one big fun puzzle box of rooms to explore and ghosts to catch. And um, now, you know, we've seen that we uh, announced that there's a two-player functionality that's been added to this version, as well as a gallery battle mode where you can challenge the bosses. And um, you can also tap compatible amiibo to reveal where Boos are hiding or uh, heal Luigi when he talks to Toad and some more helpful things like that. So, you know, it's looking like this is going to be the best version of a game that was great from the beginning. 
Did you guys um, try this game back in the GameCube era? Are you going to be trying it for the first time on Nintendo 3DS? This is actually one of my very favorite GameCube titles mm. and one that I played several times over. I just, again, you know, I, for some reason, always really connected with Luigi as a character. He felt like my my spirit animal almost. <laughs> and uh, I just, I like the humor in this game a lot. It's And it's not mm-hmm. scary. They're, for someone like mm-hmm. me who sometimes feels left out of conversations around this time of year, there are a lot of spooky things mm-hmm. going on. This makes ghosts more approachable and a little less terrifying. There are, there are a lot of quirky, silly little moments um, that I really f- enjoy. Yeah, it's not scary. It's a little spooky, like a like a fun, spooky haunted house. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with Camille. This is uh, one of my, my favorite GameCube games and probably one of the ones that really defined that era mm-hmm. for me. And yeah, it kind of goes back to something that I didn't on paper think that I would really like, but when I played it, it was just... You know, the perfect blend of sort of, you know, quirky, a little scary. You know, the boss fights definitely got my my blood pumping a mm-hmm. little bit, but it was uh, overall very cute. And yeah, um, like I said, definitely one of my, my standouts for, for GameCube era. Yeah, I'm definitely going to play it on 3DS. Yeah, it's great to see that game come back. And it'd be a great primer, like we said, for uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 next year. Now, on October 16th, we have Starlink, Battle for Atlas. And this went from a game that was announced, I think, a couple E3s ago that I was only just learning about to now a game that I absolutely can't wait to play. And I, I think even without the addition of the Star Fox characters, it was starting to look very interesting. But you've put Star Fox in there, and now we've learned that Wolf is in there as well, and the whole Star Fox team is going to make an appearance. Um, that just looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, to me, the the Star Fox stuff, that is really the icing on the cake. And Chris, to your point, I'm also excited just to, to really dig into the world of Starlink um, I don't know much about kind of the exploration or how deep it really goes, like I know Ubisoft has said. So, you know, outside of the the, the stuff we've seen, like the battles, really curious how, how deep this one goes. Sorry, I was lucky enough to play it at this past at PAX West, and uh, I had a blast with it. It's gorgeous, too, um, with the battle, with the uh, ship battle with the boss. It was really cool. Yeah, and then you actually get a physical R-wing that you can play with that, you know, and somehow by rearranging the parts on the ship, and this is true of all the, the different kind of ships that you can get for the game, then it, it accurately kind of replicates those modifications in the game. Um, and it changes the way that you, you actually play with, with your vehicle. So that's something to look forward to. And the amiibo collector in me is just lit up when I saw that giant, you know, R wing got to have that. Then, uh, also on the same day, October 16th, Lego DC supervillains. Um, obviously, the uh, the Lego games, uh, you know, have continued to be very popular. But this is the first time I can remember seeing one that centers on the villains. And there's a, you know, with you look at the DC cast of villains, there's a lot there to play with. Um, you, and actually, I think you create and play as an all-new supervillain. Uh, and it's a very open-world game uh, in which, uh, from what I understand, the Justice League has disappeared. So that seems like the perfect time for the villains to come out and have some fun. Yeah, uh, we always have a blast with Lego titles. And yeah, Chris, to your point, I don't think we've really seen many um, sort of titles like this where you're in the, the driver's seat as a villain and to create your own villain and really have your own story fighting against, you know, Superman and some of these really well-known DC heroes. It should be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, next up on October 19th is the game that I'm simultaneously looking forward to and a little bit afraid of, and that's Dark Souls Remastered. Um, again, this is my opportunity to uh, 
kind of correct my own timeline and play a, a series that is very popular and I just haven't had a chance to try yet. Um, but from what I understand, these games are, are a lot of fun, but also very, very challenging. Yes. Um, Dark Souls and, and Kirk don't have a good history. <laughs> so I chose to break up with Mr. Dark Souls a while back. <laughs> hey, man, you just got to spend some time with Mr. Dark Souls. and It'll, it'll treat you right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind as I... Uh, it's my... Uh, it's my personal Halloween title. So Ooh. for the rest of October, I will be in the world of Dark oh, Souls. That is a good Ooh. good way to get ready for Halloween. Yes. yes. All right. Um, on October 23rd, uh, we've got Just Dance 2019. 40 new songs. I think uh, with the game, you get one month uh, of Just Dance Unlimited, uh, which, you know, has tons more songs. And, you know, I may or may not play this game with my kids uh, and there may or may not be footage of me, uh, you know, uh, shaking my groove thing in a way that uh, will never be publicly <laughs> revealed. Mm, we're going to have to do some <laughs> investigating on that, I think. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's we, it's the kind of the, the experience I think people really have come to love. And it's just, um, you know, a goofy break for me in between uh, some of my more serious gamer games. Oh, I think absolutely. And no matter what age you are too, right? I've had people over who are my age and just random Friday night danced for a couple of hours, but then I've also gone over to my baby cousin's house and played it with them and danced to Moana songs. So Mm -hmm. it's uh, (laughs) just another really fun, cooperative slash competitive experience. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, Kirk, you'd mentioned to me one last game coming out in October. I don't think we have a specific date for it, though, called Zarvat. What can you tell us about that game? Ah, yes, Zarvat. That was in our Nindy's Summer Showcase, Um, and it's single-player or up to four players. Um, It's a shooter. Up to four players, it's a competitive shooter game, but uh, single-player is really interesting because there's a story about these two cubes that are looking for their friend. it's a really wacky title, and it's got the most amazing graphics I've seen in a while. Mm. It's like a photo reel kind of a background. Um, it's really cool. It's made by um, Snow Hydra, is the name of the mm-hmm. developer, another indie. And uh, I look look for this one. It's going to be really cool. That's great. Well, you, you had me at wacky, so I'll definitely check it yes. out. Yes. <laughs> and there's another title, speaking of wacky, it's called Marble It Up. <laughs> And you actually have to say it like that. You have to say, marble it up. (laughs) And it's actually really cool. It's a marble game. You're rolling the marble. And it's got amazing visuals. And it's just a blast to play. And I just can't. It's really hard to explain. Um, You're controlling a marble and rolling around environments. And there's different gravity. And um, I've been having a blast with it. So look for that as well. I think that one's coming out on the 28th of September. Yes. Really soon. The 28th or 29th. Yes. Great. Well, I'm going to hit you up then for the first game of November, uh, which you also told me about, Transistor. Oh, yes. You know, this developer, Supergiant, is fantastic. Um, Just a great partner, and they have amazing games. And their previous games, uh, Bastion, and it's just been a joy to work with them, and they make great just almost art. So um, yes, that's another game that you should definitely pick up. Cool. Definitely be looking out for that then. And then the very next day on November 2nd, we have uh, Diablo 3 Eternal Collection. Now I'm really looking forward to um, not only diving back into Diablo 3, but getting that Ganondorf armor that I've seen in the trailer. 
Oh yeah, definitely. That is one of my bigger drivers back to the to the game as well. And you know, for someone that's played a lot of Dark or uh, Diablo, rather, um, it's cool that we have seasons in the Nintendo Switch version as well. So it really will feel like you're jumping in sort of a, a perfect time to get in, and it feels mm. fresh. Cool. Yeah, and and Vince and I can sit around at lunch and play with two other people on our Switches and just kind of go and dungeon crawl. It'll be a blast. As long as I roll with the Ganondorf armor? Yeah, <laughs> yes. <we're cool. laughs> you may have the Ganondorf ar- armor. Awesome. Great. Um, well, and then on November 6th, we've got uh, World of Final Fantasy Maxima. Vince, another Final Fantasy title headed your way. Yeah, I'm going to try not to be biased here <laughs> um, and say it's a, it's a pretty good pretty good one to pick up. <laughs> um, I played the original one on other platforms, um, and it's definitely one of the best entrances into Final Fantasy if you're a newcomer. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different in terms of the play style, but it's turn-based, very cute, pretty easy to pick up. So highly recommend, um, especially for the folks that have uh, are not as familiar with the franchise. The little chibi Final Fantasy characters. I mean, really, it does not get much better than that. They're so darn cute. Yeah. I think the only thing cuter exactly. is when they take a chocobo, which is already pretty cute, and make like a chibi chocobo. Sold. It's <laughs> game over. All right, now, Camille, on the November 16th, there's a game coming out. I'm not sure you've heard about it. It's actually two games. Um, they have weird to pronounce titles, but I'm going to give it a shot here. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Have you heard anything about these games? You know, I I think my brother was <laughs> talking about something about Eevee the other day. Yeah. Eevee. 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 Interesting. No. Uh, yeah, the Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee are without a doubt my most anticipated games of the year i am personally team eevee but uh, i gotta i gotta give some love to my boy pikachu as well or girl pikachu depending on the tale um these two games and we talked about pokemon red pokemon blue earlier in our trivia and for me as a kid that Playing in the Kanto region for the first time was one of the most special experiences for me. And now seeing it brought to life in this whole new way on Nintendo Switch in Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, it it actually, you guys can laugh if you want, brought tears to my eyes the first (laughs) time I saw it because this was everything that I had had imagined when I was a kid that the Kanto region really looked like. And and now getting to play Mm -hmm. with the Pokeball Plus controller too you really do feel like a Pokemon trainer and when you make the throwing motion with the controller and then getting to hear and feel the Pokemon that you just caught inside of it and take it out with you in the real world is, is so incredibly cool. And, uh, you know, I think I saw something else related to Pokemon earlier this week. Some of you listeners out there, if you're Pokemon Go players, may have seen a strange looking Pokemon pop mm. up in your game over the past week. And we actually just revealed his name is Meltan, According to Professor Oak and Professor Willow, newly discovered Pokemon. We haven't shared or been able to find out much information about it yet, but something uh, tells me it might have something to do with Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. So stay tuned hmm. for more on on that guy. Mysterious. Well, I have to say uh, Eevee's cute, but I'm going to be Team Pikachu just to balance things out here. Uh, and this is a game that I'm really looking forward to because, um, you know, I say this all the time, but, you know, I have a, a young son who's, who's really become a massive uh, video game player and a huge Nintendo fan. And this is perfect for us to play together. I mean, it's got two player now, which is, the, I think, a first for a Pokemon RPG style game. 
and um, and the idea also that he really loved playing Pokemon Go with me. And so the idea that now it has a little bit of that crossover and we can also use the, the Pokeball Plus the way that we do is just so fun. And by the way, I just love holding the Pokeball Plus. It's just the idea that you're holding an actual Pokeball and then you're making things happen with it is another level of like crazy magic. It's really neat. I, I played with it a little bit at PAX West and I was like, this is really cool. The The ball is something that like once you have it in your hand and you're actually interacting with it, it's like, wow, okay. Yeah, you feel like a trainer. It's more mind-blowing to me that you can play the whole game one hand with just the Pokeball. And I don't know. Oh, first of all, sorry, Team Pikachu <laughs> right oh. here. <laughs> um, and Camille, I'll just echo you. You know, I, I got some hardcore goosebumps when this was really um, announced. And having started from Red and Blue back in the day, uh, this is exactly what I also wanted to see growing up. And, you know, being able to have your companion Pokemon, being able to ride some of these larger Pokemon, um, it's it's going to be a blast. It's really the, the culmination in my mind of what um, the Kanto region is well mm-hmm. and for those of us who always wanted to style our pokemon's hair you can now do that too <laughs> give your pikachu bangs if you'd like it's game changer <laughs> yeah it's still a game changer that's gonna be fun all right now november 16th um civilization six vince i know this is uh, one that you're looking forward to totally yeah i've been playing a lot of this back at the office um so i'm excited really to get the to get this in front of the world and you know, um, on TV, it looks beautiful. But for me personally, being able to play on handheld and kind of, you know, have controls, of course, the traditional on Joy-Con, but also using the, the touch controls is really nice. And um, for folks that don't know, Civilization Six is really sort of a historic franchise, and it's a really deep strategy game. Um, and the way that 2K, the publisher, has created this for Nintendo Switch, it, it really just makes sense. It's it's really not a traditional port as we know traditional ports. It's really an adaptation to the platform for the franchise, and they nailed it. So, like, as Vince said, we've been playing it around the office, and it is just, it's going to surprise and delight a lot of people. I would imagine that this kind of game is a pretty good fit for the portable nature of Nintendo Switch, the idea that it's a home console you can take on the go. And this seems like the kind of game you'd want to dip into, you know, whenever you've got a few spare minutes, maybe. Absolutely. Some of these um, wars or battles will take a long time. So being able to sort of, you know, even just press the sleep button and take it wherever is really, really going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. Then on November 20th, this is our last uh, game for November we have listed here at Warframe which I don't know too much about. Um, who can uh, maybe tell me a little bit more about that game? Yeah, I don't know uh, too much, um, Not having not played it personally, but I know that it's very much, uh, it's a free-to-play mm-hmm. game. Um, you essentially um, have these mechs or suits, these warframes that you go into, um, and you, you go into battle and you're fighting um, these kind of alien, alien things, um, but essentially, it's uh, kind of a co-op-based um, third-person shooter, I would say. Right, Kirk? Yeah, that's very accurate. Well, that sounds pretty cool. And, hey, you can't beat you know, a free-to-play game. So I'll definitely be checking that one out. Um, then uh, December, we just have a couple listed here. And um, I'm going to give this a shot and see if I can actually pronounce this correctly. Carcassonne. Is that right? Carcassonne, yeah. Yep. It is the, the first of many from Asmodee Digital that'll be coming. 
And um, I believe this is really, really popular in Europe and something that I have not played personally, but um, just seeing some of the, the sentiments online of how excited people are, really, that's kind of the, the kickoff point for me in terms of what really made me interested. And um, it looks really cool. You're essentially placing um, these tiles on the digital board. Um, Kirk, do you it's know? It's a super popular board mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Um, that's where it comes out of. And I mean, board gamers, it's like board gamers, what ABC. It's like every board gamer has this game. Um, and it's a great adaptation from what I understand is pretty much all I've known about it. I haven't actually gotten hands on with it yet. So, um, but I know that from what I've heard internally is that it's another great adaptation of a board game. Well, I certainly hear a lot of people talking about that one. So looking forward to checking it out. And then our final game on our list is um, December the 7th, um, the day before my birthday. And I can't think of a better birthday present than uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Now, we spent the entire episode pretty much last month talking about this game, so I don't want to, you know, um, re-kind of tread the same, the same uh, discussion here. So I'm just going to ask for each of, each of you, um, who's going to be your main character at this point? Who are you looking forward to? If you, if you were playing the game today, who do you start with? Who do you think you're going to start sinking a lot of time into practicing with? You ask the tough questions, Chris. <laughs> if you asked me this, a couple of weeks ago, I definitely would have said Inkling Girl. Mm. Been playing a lot with her. Ooh. I had a chance uh, over the weekend, actually, at our college tailgate tour that we kicked off to play a little bit more Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And I just love the Inkling moveset. It's very unique. But now with Isabel in the mix, mm. I'm starting to question myself a little bit. I don't know. We'll have to see. what It'll be a game time decision. That's a tough one. And you haven't played as Isabel yet. so I have not. I, myself, am not fortunate enough to do all these wonderful things with Nintendo first-party games. <laughs> so I haven't had any, hardly any hands-on with the game. Um, I'm going to go old school, and I'm going to say I'm going to do a lot of things with Pac-Man. Yeah, you know, I think for me as well, I'm kind of the, the go-to from what I, I know. It'll be Ike for oh, now mm, until nice. I really get an idea of what that meta looks like. But he's always been sort of my, you know, uh, my number one. But thank you for telling us that it's coming December 7th because I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen a few people talking about that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Wow. Such a surprise. Uh, for me, uh, it's got to be Simon Belmont. Uh, you know, I, I always love playing as Link, as Mario, uh, Captain Falcon, um, and a few others. Uh, Little Mac, I'm probably going to play, try to play as those guys again. But I really want to try to get good with Simon Belmont because... He's the most exciting newcomer to me so far because I just love the old Castlevania games. And uh, I just love how he seems like a very unique character with the reach that he gets from his uh, his whip chain or chain whip. I forget what they call it. And um, so I, I really can't wait to uh, to play as him. Well, I'm That's excited, a really good call. excited to see Luigi avenge himself against Simon Belmont. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if they're fighting in Simon's like castle level, the Dracula's castle... Simon's going to have a big advantage because I think Luigi will be too scared to stick around. That's true. But he'll have the the, uh, the vacuum. The poltergeist. <laughs> that's true. Never underestimate the power of the poltergeist. Yes. Poltergeist. That's poltergeist. right. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, all of you, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And thanks for sticking around for, I think, uh, what seems like it's been an extra long episode. Um, again, Camille, Kirk, Vince, thanks so much for coming. Oh, it was an awesome time. Thank you so much thanks for, for having, having us. us. Thank you, Chris. 
That's it for this episode of Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave us a review, and be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening, and keep playing with power.